If you're needing hope, go to God. If you need encouragement, go to God. Go, go first to God. You can go to God's people. You can go to uh, other means by which God might work, but go first and foremost. Go to Him, Himself. God is the source of encouragement and perseverance and hope. He gives perseverance and encouragement and hope through the scriptures. God is the one who gives perseverance and encouragement, but how did he just say? What he did was he wrote it down for us in earlier times. Whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Welcome to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue in our study of the book of Romans. Pastor Scott brings part three of the message titled, The Encouragement of the Scriptures. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started. Whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. That through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another, according to Christ Jesus, that with one accord you may, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them thy servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. That's what David said under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. No wonder the Psalms begin. The very first Psalm, How blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree, firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does... He prospers. You know, last time uh, I asked you, do you believe? Verse 4. Whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Do you really believe that? I mean, I think most of us would say, well, yeah, yeah. But I ask you again, do you believe that? And we looked at Christ our Lord, and His obvious, constant 
demonstration of the truth that all Scripture is God-breathed and profitable. That whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. From the moment when he stood up in his first act of public ministry at the synagogue, I read in Luke 4, 16, that as was his custom, by the way, he grew up in a Jewish home, and every Sabbath he was in the synagogue worshiping. As was his custom, he entered the synagogue, but not as was his custom, he stood up to read. This was the first time that we have recorded for us his public statements in ministry, and he stood up to read. And he found, he opened the book, and then he found the text, the Bible tells us. And I, I marvel at this because this is the Son of God, but he's also the Son of Man. And he took the text, and he opened it up, and he found Isaiah 61. And he read the text, and then he commented on it. Our Lord, uh, though he was the Son of God, was also the Son of Man, and he manifests an absolute conviction regarding the sacred writings. He constantly obeyed them. He quoted them. And I want you to think on that because God the Father gave us uh, this book. It's a perfect revelation. And it is his word. Jesus could just naturally say, sanctify them in the truth as he prayed. Sanctify them in the truth. Thy word, your word, Father, is truth. God the Son said, the words you hear are not mine, but the words of the one who sent me. He honored the Father. But it was the Holy Spirit where you see the whole triune God involved in giving us the Scripture. And it was the Holy Spirit who moved men of old to pin the Scripture. You know, Second Peter says, no prophecy, know this first of all, no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. And if that's all you quoted, you say, no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, you'd say, well, I've heard a few. <laughs> You can see him in the grocery checkout stand. <laughs> but he said, verse 20, I'm quoting 2 Peter 1. He said, no prophecy of Scripture. Know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture. We're talking about God's book. Oh, there's other books. And there's a lot of people saying a lot of nonsense. And a lot of people saying they're prophets, etc. all through history. But no prophecy of Scripture was ever made by an act of human will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit, they were born along. It's a nautical term. They went where the water took them. It's like something drifting on water and going where the current takes it. The Holy Spirit moved on Peter and James and John and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Moses. And men spoke from God. We've got the Holy Spirit's love book to us, his message to us, the sacred writings. And I want you to notice verse 4, and I want to just uh, draw your attention to five thoughts as we look at the encouragement of Scripture. And there are five, I think, key links in unlocking how we can benefit from Scripture, how we can have the encouragement of Scripture today. You say, well, you know, the Bible's there. How can I lay hold of it? 
How can I find encouragement from God? Let me give you five thoughts based on verse 4 and 5. Whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scripture, we might have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus. First of all, notice, God is the source. Did you see that? Look at verse 5. God is the one who gives perseverance and encouragement and hope. Boy, we need those, don't we? I know, looking out at this many of us, that some of you right now feel like quitting. You need perseverance. Some of us might be very discouraged. We need encouragement. Now what about, look at the last word of verse 4. Hope. Do you have hope? Or would you say, uh, I'd say more right now, fear. Or anxiety. Or stress. Or discouragement. Or cynicism. Or bitterness. Words far afield from hope. I'll tell you, we can have and God wants us to lay hold of hope. He's the God of hope. He's the God of encouragement. He's the God who produces and gives perseverance. God is the source. Don't ever forget that. If you're needing hope, go to God. If you need encouragement, go to God. Go, go first to God. You can go to God's people. You can go to uh, other means by which God might work, but go first and foremost. Go to Him, Himself. God is the source of encouragement and perseverance and hope. But then secondly, notice, he gives perseverance and encouragement and hope through the scriptures. Read verse 5 and then verse 4. God is the one who gives perseverance and encouragement, but how did he just say what he did was he wrote it down for us in earlier times. Whatever was written in earlier times was written, he says it twice, for our instruction that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. God's Word was written down so that we could lay hold of God. And God's character and His ability to work in our life is tied to His Word. You want to know who God is, you go to His Word. You want to know what He's like, you go to His Word. You want to lay hold of Him, you go to His Word. And I want you to see today, as we look at this, the close connection between God the Spirit, who gives comfort, who gives perseverance, who is the wellspring of hope, God the Spirit, and his word, the Holy Spirit and the Holy Word, the spirit of truth and the word of truth, how closely they go together. And I want you to notice thirdly that scripture, look at verse four, scripture was written for our instruction, our teaching. God 
is an instructor. He's a teacher. He loves to open things up for us. He takes truth and he opens it up for us. We're to be his students and he is the teacher. And scripture was written for our instruction. Just as Jesus said at the end of his ministry, as he gathered the guys together in John 13, he said, you call me teacher. You call me the teacher and Lord. And you're right, because I am. He's our teacher. And so just naturally that the disciples would call him teacher. He said, learn from me. For I'm humble and gentle of heart. Come to me and learn from me. He uh, left us, didn't he? With the commission. I want you to go to all the nations, teaching them, teaching them to observe all that I've taught you. Just as Jesus was a teacher, he said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you another one, just like me. You might want to turn over there. Look at John 14. John 14. Just as Jesus is the teacher, so this other one, this another comforter, another helper that Jesus promised, and by the I emphasize that another or other because it's not a distinction in the sense of, um, he didn't use the term that would mean, oh, you've got some like this, and then there's others like that. He didn't use a word like that that would mean a difference. He used a word that means the exact same. There's going to be another one just like me. I'm leaving, but I'm going to give you another teacher. I've taught you. Now I want to give you another teacher. John 14, 26. But the helper, the parakletos, that's this term that I've been saying, helper, comforter, encourager, this one who's called alongside when the Helper comes, the Holy Spirit, he doesn't leave any question mark, whom the Father will send in my name. One moment Jesus will say, I'm going to give him to you. The next moment he'll say, I'm going to ask the Father and he'll give him to you. The triune God works together. He is one and yet three in a way we can never fully understand, but we can bask in him and in the light of who he is. And he says, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will what? Teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said. He's a teacher. God today doesn't just work off in emotional zones somewhere where we just get, get into some. No, he, he instructs us. He built us body, soul, spirit. He, he gave us our emotions. He gave us our intellect. He gave us our souls. He gave us everything about us. And we can't even, even look at the scripture, you can't really dissect us and figure it all out. Now, what's soul, what's spirit, what's heart, what's will, what's emotion? He made us in his image. And he delights in teaching us. And he works through our minds. And so he says, when he comes, he's going to teach you all things. Or look over at chapter 16, because this night when Jesus was leaving, he gave so much instruction about the instructor. <laughs> he taught so much about the teacher that would be coming. Verse 12, John 16, I have many more things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. I could teach you, you know, a lot, <laughs> but you can't bear it now, he says. But, verse 13, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you 
into all the truth. What a description of a teacher. He, the spirit of truth, will guide you into all the truth. He'll take you by the hand and lead you into truth. And he'll not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Could you have a better description of a teacher than the Holy Spirit? He's going to teach you all things. He'll take you by the hand. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll open it up. He'll disclose it to you. And by the way, if uh, you're called to teach, we're not all teachers, the Scripture says. In fact, don't set yourself up as a teacher in a wrong way. But on the other hand, we are all, as Christians, supposed to be teaching and admonishing one another. So I don't say if you're called to teach. If I'm talking to you and you're a Christian, you are called to teach. I'm not saying you're a teacher. I'm not saying you have to have a pulpit, but I am saying you're to teach. And remember that a teacher's a guide. You lead people into the truth. You open up the scripture. That's why I love the text. When he stood up, he took the text and he opened it. Oh, if you're going to teach, open the word. And uh, the unfolding of thy word gives understanding to the simple, the scripture says. And I may not know much, but I can open his word. And uh, we should do that, every one of us, no matter what we're called to do, no matter what our gift. Open up his word for yourself, ask him to open your eyes to it, and then open it up for others. Just open it up and read it. Until I come, Paul wrote Timothy, give attention, give attention to the public reading of Scripture and exhortation and teaching, 1 Timothy 4.13. Uh, do it. Open it up. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's our teacher. And if he's the teacher... Then notice verse 4 in our text. If he is our instructor, then Scripture is his curriculum. The Holy Spirit today bound for us. I guess we bound it, huh? But I mean, you know what I mean? He gave us the curriculum for life and for eternity. God didn't just throw any old thing down here and you collect what you can and try to make some wisdom of it. Every word of God is tested. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. Whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. Scripture is given to instruct us and forth, forth. This instruction, look at verse 4, leads to perseverance and encouragement. Now, these are two very instructive words. Uh, he said perseverance, and he used the term hupomone. And then he said encouragement, and we'll take a look at both of them. Paraclesis. Because each time when you find these words, I, it's one of those things where if you just grab a concordance and trace it through, you'll find great feasts just tracing the vocabulary through the New Testament. There's very few times when he uses these terms when they're not packed with encouragement and truth for us. But uh, I want to just remind you that the Scripture was given for our instruction, and this instruction, this teaching that we get from God gives perseverance. Hupomone, it's, the, it's a compound word, and we, you've heard perhaps the term mino, to abide. 
It's a great New Testament term, to live, to abide in my word, mino. Well, then he puts this prefix on it that means under. And the word perseverance is a compound word that means living under. Steadfastness. Hanging in there, not fleeing when the going gets tough, but living under the circumstances God puts you in. Now, which one of us doesn't need perseverance? I mean, which one of us even today, this morning probably, hasn't had tendency or occasion to start wondering, what am I under this for? What am I under that for? Or last week at least. But he says, I'll give you perseverance. I'll give you endurance, it's often translated. I'll give you steadfastness, it's translated sometimes. Colossians, when Paul is praying, and it's a prayer that often comes to my mind uh, in praying for others because you can know uh, you're praying according to God's will when you take a prayer of Scripture and just pray it and put your spouse's name in the prayer or your kid's name or your boss's name or you name it, you know, whoever you're praying for, your neighbor or the person, that customer at work that you've had occasion to witness to and you're trying to work on them to come to know who you know, Jesus, whatever it is, uh, when you take a Scripture prayer and just pray it for a person, you know you're praying along God's mind. You know you're on a good uh, line of thought and uh, your heart is beating with God's heartbeat. And in Colossians 1, he says, as he prays that we'd be filled with the knowledge of his will, he said, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness. Oh, pray for me that I'd be strengthened with his glorious might but it might not be, as we oftentimes think of it, that the best demonstration of God's power and might is some big splashy thing. He says, strengthened with all might, with all his glorious might for the attaining of all living under. Hupomone, steadfastness, hanging in there. You know, we glorify God when we hang in there. And by contrast... We bring reproach to the name of the Lord when we cut and run. When the first time of any pressure and we just skedaddle. That, the flesh can do that. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is the one who gives perseverance. And then notice the second word. He says, now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement, he says in verse 5 and in verse 4, this was written for our instruction. This instruction brings perseverance and the encouragement of the Scripture. It's no accident. You've been listening to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, The Encouragement of the Scriptures, a message from our series in the Book of Romans. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to abideintheword.us. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. Did you know Abide in the Word is available every day on Facebook? Well, right along with our daily podcast on iTunes and Google Play, our daily messages are posted to Facebook as well. You can find them at facebook.com slash abide in the word.
If you don't have a church home in the area, Pastor Scott would love to invite you to join us for our live online Sunday worship service at Southwest Bible Church. That's each Sunday morning at 8.30 and 11 a.m. You can find us live on YouTube by searching for SW Bible Live or go to swbible.org and click on Live Stream. We also broadcast the service live on the radio on True Talk 800 a.m. It's best to check the 800 a.m. program guide for up-to-the-minute schedule adjustments. We're continuing to see new growth in the Romans Project on the continent of Africa. Recently, we've added the countries of Guinea, Mali, Togo, and Ivory Coast to the ever-expanding outreach of the project. We'd like to invite you to learn more about this ministry or become a partner with us as we minister to pastors and church leaders throughout Africa. Just navigate over to romansproject.org or connect with us at facebook.com slash romansproject. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast. The law of the Lord is perfect. It restores the soul. You get discouraged? How many times do I get up in the morning and face discouragement and then turn to the book and he comforts me? And I find my soul restored. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring, turning the soul back to him. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. <laughs> Have you ever had that experience? You know, if you haven't, get in the Bible. This was written for your encouragement, for your restoral, for your rejoicing. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Join us again next time as we continue our series through the book of Romans. Pastor Scott brings the fourth and final part of the message titled, The Encouragement of the Scriptures. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you.